0: I'm Damian Volwa and this is Fifth Admission. Today, a big question. What can California do to steer out of our wildfire crisis? Since 2017, the state has been gripped by huge, deadly fires. The record books are being rewritten just about every year. The latest is the Glass Fire, which is still threatening the North Bay after ruining wineries, resorts, and dozens of homes. So what's the answer? given that so much of the problem is driven by human-caused climate change. My guest is J.D. Morris, who's been digging into these larger issues for weeks. He just published an incredible multimedia look at why our fires have gotten so bad. You can see that at sfchronicle.com slash firemaps. J.D., great to have you back.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Before we get into some of these bigger issues that California has to confront, I just wanted to ask you about your recent trips out to the wine country. You went and uh, checked out the damage of the glass fire, right?
1: I did, yes. I was in Santa Rosa this week. Um, You know, I've got to say the situation that's happened up there is so eerily reminiscent of the bad fires in the Santa Rosa area three years ago, um, which I covered when I was working up there. Um, you know, very similar in terms of how, um, the glass fire and, you know, the shady fire, which was, it's part of the glass fire. It's a spot fire, most likely that, um, the glass fire started the way they broke out in the middle of the night and spread, you know, to Santa Rosa, threatening some of the same places that burned before making some of the same people evacuate. Um, it's just heartbreaking. Um, and you know, there hasn't been nearly as much damage, um, so far as of when we're recording this to Santa Rosa and other areas as there was three years ago, but in the places where, um, where there was damage, you know, the, the losses, um, are extreme. I drove up, um, some of the hardest hit roads, um, uh, Los Alamos road and Calistoga road East of Santa Rosa. And, you know, it's a lot of, um, just totally destroyed landscapes, smoldering ruins broken power poles um things of that nature um and it it was just just so heartbreaking um to see that again i saw uh one property where you know the homes were totally destroyed as were two cars that were parked there and the fire looked like it had burned so hot that um the uh rims of the tires on those cars had melted um, into the ground, leaving a trail of, uh, you know, silvery puddles where the wheels used to be. It's, um, something that I've seen before. Um, but it's always kind of shocking to see that. And, um, just can't believe it keeps happening again. And in, in the same place too, it breaks my heart, frankly. It,
0: it feels so, it feels so constant. You know, that I, I don't live too far from Santa Rosa and I have a, a evacuation center that's a block from my house And it had just winded down and moved out all the showers and bathrooms um, just in the last couple of weeks, only to then have to bring back all the same stuff and be an evacuation center again. It's just over and over again. Yep. So, J.D., JD, let's get to some of the policy stuff. I mean, you've been really trying to look at this more globally, um, the larger issues, not just how you put out a fire, not just how we save lives. What is the state doing to try to respond to the fact that these have gotten to be such an epidemic?
1: So the governor and other uh, leading politicians and government officials in the state um, have really begun to aggressively frame this um, as a as a climate change problem, um, which it is, at least in part, um, and definitely the um, most significant um, policy development that um, happened. Recently um, was the governor um, moved to um, – <clears throat> uh, he did an executive order that um, is aiming to ban, you know, phase out the sale of new gas-powered cars in California um, by 2035. It's uh, certainly one of the most um, extreme steps California has taken on the climate change front um, really ever um although i know environmentalists would like to see uh, much more from him than others and there's uh, a, a big debate underway
0: yeah i mean it obviously goes to the to the to the big dramatic changes that the state needs to make what else can california do to speed up its actions on climate change and really make uh, a difference here
1: one of the key uh, areas that newsom uh, addressed in his executive order but didn't you know put uh, teeth behind it just yet um, is is a possible fracking ban? Um, you know it's a, a, it's a hydraulic fracturing. it's a a form of uh, oil and gas extraction um, that you know environmentalists would like to see uh, and in California and elsewhere. Um, Newsom uh, sort of called on the state legislature to um, begin to work on that. And um, state Senator Scott Weiner and others um, have said that they will introduce legislation um, to stop uh, issuing new fracking permits in California. But there are other things, too. Um, You know, I think a lot of folks in the climate space would like to see um, a wider ban on um, uh, restrictions on New drilling, new oil drilling in California, because what um, you know, some folks may not realize is that while the state um, does have uh, very tried and true green and liberal credentials, um, there is a significant uh, petroleum industry here. um, You know, concentrated a lot in uh, Kern County and Bakersfield, where I spent the second half of high school, Um, and uh, you know, so transitioning that industry down there to the extent it happens at all, um, is a tough nut to crack and will certainly be met um, with a lot of resistance there and and already is. Another thing that California needs to do, a lot of folks believe, is move up its deadline to get 100% of its energy from clean sources. Currently that uh, date is set for 2045. Um, I think folks would like to see it moved up to maybe 2035 or something like that. and they say the, the technology is there to make that happen, but whether the political ability is, is another question entirely. All
0: right. But it sort of raises an obvious question, right? I mean, California has one of the most severe fire crises in the world, although we've seen that other states and other countries now do as well. But, but global warming, climate change is, is an issue that, that is worldwide. Can, can California's actions on this stuff even make a difference? I think the
1: answer is yes, Um, certainly uh, in terms of showing other states, other countries even, um, what is possible, right? We have a a reputation for, um, you know, taking bold actions in this state that are then emulated elsewhere, and so uh, there's a belief that if if we start to act, um, you know, really aggressively, in this space, even more so than we are already, that other places um, will follow our lead. Um, I mean, you look at the the auto industry, for example. You know, big fight that's playing out between us and and the federal government right now is California's ability to set its own rules for tailpipe emissions, because um, that's you know something that a right that we have right now that the feds are challenging, and that could certainly set a lot of this back if um, they're successful there. But the automakers, you know, they don't want to make cars for uh, the California market and then cars for everywhere else. Right. So they'll just meet the California standards is sort of what's happening. So we can kind of, you know, push the whole auto industry um, on that front.
0: Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, more with J.D. Morris on potential solutions to California's wildfire crisis right after this.
1: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support 5th in Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com pod.
0: Welcome back. This is 5th in Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by reporter J.D. Morris. We're talking about California's wildfire crisis JD, everybody wants a solution, and it really strikes me that that one thing we always talk about with California's biggest problems, everybody thinks there might be a, a silver bullet out there, you know, something that will, will solve the crisis itself, but with big issues like with the drought where we, you know, everybody wanted it to be solved by like either dams or desalination, actually the solution was like a 100 different things, including conservation and... And cloud seeding, and a, and a, and a bunch of other stuff is is that the same with fires? Is, is there not one silver bullet to to solve it? Yes. Yeah,
1: so I understand why people want to grasp for one simple, straightforward explanation to all this. Um, but the reality is that the world is a complicated place, and there's not a, a silver bullet here. You know, uh, people again, very understandably want to, you know, blame it all on forest management or, you know, development patterns, um, climate. The reality is it's all of those problems and more. Um, and we're going to have to tackle this on, on a variety of fronts. Um, but yes, forest management is is a very real issue. Uh, California is currently contending in part with, you know, the results of a uh, hundred years of letting, um, you know, forests get overgrown and, extreme fire suppression, you know, trying to put out any and all fires rather than allowing a good fire uh, to burn or doing prescribed burning um, to prevent larger blazes later. And I think there's a broad recognition that those policies have failed and we need to change. Um, and we're starting to see that um, happen. But it uh, it's going to take a minute to get our hands around that problem.
0: Well, you've written a lot about Prescribe burning to try to to clear the forest is california doing more of that is are they going to do more of that
1: yes um uh the, again there's there's widespread recognition that we need to do more of that the big thing is the um state and federal government um have signed uh, a, a pact um a memorandum of understanding i believe through which we will aim uh between the two sides the state and federal government they're going to aim to do uh, to get to 1 million acres of prescribed burning per year, um, which is way more than happens right now. But it's going to take a couple years to get to that level. Um, and sorry, it's, it's it's a million acres of, um, you know, of reducing fire risks on forest land. But a big component of that, if not the biggest, will be prescribed burning.
0: All right. Another question that gets asked a lot is when people look at communities that have burned down in a fire, whether it's Santa Rosa or Paradise in Butte County. The natural question is, why are they rebuilding there? That's such a dangerous place. Now, obviously, people have so much invested in their home values that you can see it. But but should we be thinking more about not rebuilding in those areas? It is a
1: perfectly understandable question, but I just don't think and all of my sources tell me constantly the state is not uh, going to tell people who just lost everything that they can't rebuild um, what they lost. Um, Now, what we can do is maybe get those folks to build back in a very uh, fire smart, fireproof way. And certainly we can think about in terms of new development, focusing on, um, you know, not spreading further out into that wildland urban interface, those high fire threat um, zones we can do more, uh, what they call infill development, right? Building within, um, you know, the, the, the urban core and, and the city boundaries as they, as they currently are, building denser homes closer to transit, things like that. Um, but I will point out that California's, um, you know, attempts to, uh, tackle that problem of, of development and you know building denser near transit um has we haven't made much ground um on that so far there's a lot of uh, resistance to legislation that that tries to tackle that for a variety of reasons so um, these are not easy easy problems to fix any of them
0: Yeah, and again, it's it's complicated even even within that issue, right? I mean, it's not just cleaning up sort of the trees and the brush around your house. It's not just making sure that you have an evacuation area, but it's also little things like what's your roof made out of? What's your what are your vents to your attic look like? Right?
1: Oh, totally. And also the windows um, is another thing. Um, You know, I was talking to someone in Santa Rosa yesterday whose house had burned down in 2017. He's now rebuilt. And, um, you know, he uh, was saying that um, that the fire got into his home through um, the window. And so when he rebuilt, um, he made sure that um, the windows on the new house were were much stronger and, and thicker than the ones before so that he won't have that problem again. Um, and, and roofs are another big thing, too. Um, so people talk about stone-coated steel, other kinds of um, material in, in roofs in the fire zone so that, you know, if embers from a wildfire land on your roof, it doesn't immediately get into the house and burn it down.
0: Yeah, because we know the embers can travel so far. Well, J.D., it's such a fascinating look at all of these issues. Before I let you go, I want to ask you something. We're speaking late Thursday. Uh, it's, it's October 1st. The fires have already been really bad in recent weeks in California. What do we have looking ahead uh, for October and heading toward the winter? Are we at all through this? No,
1: unfortunately. October is a month that has uh, brought some of the worst wildfires in California. And if we don't um, get, you know, any significant amount of rain up here in October the fire season will extend into November as it uh, has before the, you know, deadliest and most destructive fire in state history. The campfire happened in early November. So until we get, um, you know, sustained rainfall, um, the, the threat will not go away. Now, one encouraging sign I did see, um, was I, I, I did see one forecast the other day that, um, indicated that, um, you know, we, there's a chance of, uh, wetter weather coming in mid-October. Um, I don't know how high that chance is. It's still a ways out. Um, if that does materialize, that would be kind of the the earliest end of, uh, the rainy season. And that would obviously be extremely, extremely welcome. That would be great. Um, I, I, I really hope that that pans out, but we don't know yet.
0: I hope so too. JD, thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me. Thanks to my guest today, reporter J.D. Morris. To read his in-depth multimedia look at how California's wildfires have gotten so bad, go to sfchronicle.com slash firemaps. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.